Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. So let's turn over in our Bibles for a moment here to the book of uh, 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians, and uh, in the the Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. And as you're turning over there in your Bible, we're going to read a passage here where Paul is asking for the prayers of God's people. And it's interesting when you follow Paul, you read Paul, we see him doing the same thing in Romans, in Colossians, in Ephesians. He tells those in the church in Corinth, you helping together by prayer for us, right? You helping together. You Corinthians are are helping in our ministry by praying for us. So here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Verse number 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Father, bless this brief time we have together. Lord, bless it for your glory and for your praise. Do we ask it in Christ's name? Amen. All right, so Paul here says, brethren, pray for us. He's recruiting people to pray for him. He is is asking, he is pleading for their prayers. Uh, Literally, in Romans 15, when he asks, he is beseeching, he is begging them for their prayers. So here we see it. He's saying, brethren, Pray for us, and notice what he says, that the word of the Lord may have what? May have free course. There is a hinderer to the gospel, right? We read about that in, uh, in uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, I believe it is, verse 17. speaks about Satan and how Satan hinders. Satan wants to stop, hinder the gospel from being preached. Satan doesn't want the world to hear this message of saving grace through faith in Christ. He wants it to be hindered. He knows that it's the power of God into salvation to all who believe. So if he can keep them from hearing, then they can't be saved. And so he's done a masterful job at that. And, uh, and some of that uh, is just we've kind of fallen into his trap and, and kind of allowed him to kind of dupe us into that. But, but what Paul is saying here, pray for the gospel to have free course. In Colossians, he says, Pray for open doors of utterance. Opportunities, doors that God opens, hindrances that God removes to do what? To preach the gospel, to share the gospel. Listen, what does Christ say over there in Matthew chapter 28? He says, all authority has been given unto who? Unto me. So all authority. Okay, Christ has all authority. Is there a higher authority than Christ? No, there's not a higher authority of Christ. And he is saying, all authority has been given unto me. And then what does he tell his disciples to do? Go ye into all the world, (laughs) to every nation, and do what? And preach this gospel. Well, the church has received that mission from Christ 2,000 years ago. Why has the mission not been completed? Why are there 7.5 or 6 billion people in the world of which probably at least 50% have never heard a clear gospel presentation. Some don't even know who Christ is. How can that be? 
wherever I travel, when I'm in Laos or when I'm in Ukraine or when I'm in Tajikistan, I I can go to the smallest of villages and I can almost guarantee you one thing is going to be there. Do you know what it is? (laughs) Coca-Cola. Wherever I go, I can get Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola was started, what, about 100 years ago, 120 years ago in Atlanta, Georgia, in the garage, right? Take some sugared water and mix it up. I don't know how he did it. But 100 years ago, 120 years ago, Coca-Cola, it's in 95% of the world. So my question, how did Coca-Cola get to 95, 97% of the world? Has Coca-Cola, but not the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, there are hindrances, right? Paul is saying, pray for the gospel to have free course. What's another hindrance? What about laborers? Christ said the harvest is great, but the laborers are what? So what are we supposed to be praying for? Praying for laborers. Now listen, I I love American laborers. I are one, okay? And, And I pray for God to call more American missionaries and laborers to take. But you know what we really need in countries like Laos, where you have a country of uh, maybe six, seven million people, but a hundred, I think it is 126 or seven people groups. Look, when I go to Laos, I stand out a little bit. (laughs) My height, right? And then they come up to about my hip. I'm kind of an oddity there. They like to take pictures with me and laugh, and then they post their pictures, right, of this tall uh, European white-looking guy, right? And, uh, and so I kind of stand out. Well, Laos is, is, is communist. Really, me being in Laos to preach the gospel is illegal, right? The pastors that are coming that we're doing training with, it really is illegal. So I have to be careful that I don't get in trouble or blacklisted. But really, it's the pastors there that I really have to care for because for them, they'll have to probably go to prison or jail if they get caught. But what I'm sharing is I can't go to the Hmong villages, to the Camus villages. I can't go up into the mountains and preach the gospel. The moment I show up, big, tall, white guy, you stand out like a sore thumb, right? You get turned over to the authorities. Why is that loser here, right? But you know what? When we focus on training nationals to do the work, they don't have to have a visa to be there. They already look and understand the culture and how things work there, right? They don't have to learn a language to communicate. In our, in our institute there in Laos, I think we have like seven or nine different people groups in our own institute. So if you, if you are Lao, you'll speak the Laotian language. But if you're a Camus, well, you have your own Camus language. Lao is a second language. If you're a Bru, well, you have a brew language, but Lao is kind of a second or a market language. And you might not be that well educated as a brew. You might be living in a, in a rice paddy down in some little small village somewhere. So what am I saying? When we teach there in the Lao language, for some of these guys, it's like a second or even third language we're teaching in. So it's very hard to communicate. Their education, not as great. So you have to simplify and you teach more in pictures as you teach. But I want to tell you something. They have a hunger for God. They have a hunger to know the truth of God. And do you know what I go? Every time I go there, I learn from them. Do you know what I learned from them? Commitment to Christ. I went there to teach them. But I learned from them what it means to be committed to Christ no matter the cost. I'm telling you, our emphasis should be on training the nationals to do the work of the ministry. That's what it's all about. 
I think that's why the Great Commission hasn't been fulfilled because we haven't had our focus on that like we should. And praise God for those ministries that are doing that. I know you have Brother Dwight Tomlinson here that you support, right? And uh, Barnabas 1040 doing a wonderful job at that. But he's saying here, pray that the gospel will have free course. You know what? Pray for us as we go back to Ukraine that God will open doors of utterance that we'll be able to get into places there and preach the gospel to people and to souls that we could have never dreamed of because God was opening the doors. But now look at the next part of his request. Pray that the gospel will have free course, that the word of the Lord may have free course, and be glorified even as it is with you. So not just that you'll have the opportunity to preach the gospel, but that when you preach the gospel, it's preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, which brings conversions to Christ. That that gospel may be glorified even as it is with you. Do you know what? When we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. And without that anointing, nothing's going to happen. I mean, Paul says earlier here to the church in Thessalonica, when I came to you, I didn't come in word only, but I came in the power of the Spirit of God, right? Listen, if I come in word only, if I come Derek Thomas, I I mentally know, I intellectually know the Word of God, and I intellectually share these verses, and it's not blessed of the Holy Spirit, nothing's going to happen. I can have the best illustrations, right? I I can give these illustrations to show them how they need Christ, I'm just telling you, if the Holy Spirit of God is not working, working, nothing's going to happen. So don't just pray that God will give us the opportunity to preach. Pray for the open doors. Pray for the gospel to have free course. But pray for there to be power, the blessing of God, that as that gospel is being shared, the Holy Spirit of God is convicting of sin convicting of a lack of righteousness, convicting of a judgment to come. Do you remember when you were saved? Weren't you convicted? Wasn't hell real to you? Didn't you know deep within that I deserve hell? That is where I am going because I deserve to go there. Who is convicting me of that? The Holy Spirit of God, showing me my need of Christ. Listen, in these countries where some of your missionaries are, and I go down to Laos and, and I see the people there, it's just a whole nother world. You've got animism, you've got Buddhism. I mean, in animism, everything has a, has a spirit, animate, inanimate object. It might be a rock, it might be the Mekong River. Everything has a spirit. You have to pray to these spirits, you have to sacrifice to these spirits that you can receive blessings from these spirits. It's kind of complicated, right? Some of these people never heard about Christ. How are we going to go down there and just share this love of this great God who created all things and sent his son that we may have peace with him through his atoning sacrifice? I'm not saying it can't be done because it can be done and there are souls there getting saved. But I'm just telling you there is a darkness there. There is a power of Satan there. And that bondage of Satan can only be broken, I believe, through the power of prayer. God, not only give them free course to preach it, but God, may that gospel be glorified in those that hear it. I just wonder if we prayed in such a way for our missionaries, for our community right here, how many more souls might be reached with the gospel, right? And then look at his third request there as he comes down to verse 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not what? For all men have not faith. Listen, There are some unreasonable and wicked men in this world, right? 
We're seeing it right now in Ukraine. I mean, you read some of the things that the Russian soldiers have done to Ukrainian women and children. It is despicable. It makes you sick. To see the innocent people, the schools that have been bombed and so forth, it is just, it's hard to believe that humanity is that terribly wretched, right? But if you're a progressive today, you should be seeing, look, man is not progressing, okay? Man is just as evil and wicked as he's always been, right? There are evil and wicked men. And so we should be praying for the preservation of these that are taking the gospel into the world, for God to preserve them, for God to protect them. You can pray for the pastors in Laos, many of these men which have spent time in prison, for God to preserve them, for God to protect them. Paul, this isn't the only time he asks for this prayer for himself. Same thing in Romans 15. He's saying, pray for me that God will protect me. Because I'm taking this gospel out, and this gospel I'm taking, it's calling men to repentance. What is repentance? Acknowledging that you're wrong. Acknowledging that your culture is wrong. Acknowledging that my belief system is wrong. And to humble myself and to turn from that wrong thinking and to turn unto Jesus Christ and to believe in him. Well, listen, that's not going to make you popular. Didn't make Paul very popular, did it? We find him in prison, we find him beaten, we find him stoned, right? Why? Because he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So pray for this. I wanted to read you a quote. And I just want you to think about this quote this evening. But here's the quote. Almost everyone believes that prayer is important. But there is a difference between believing that prayer is important and believing it is essential. Essential means there are things that will not happen without prayer. I right, think about that. We'd all say tonight that prayer is important. All of us would say, yeah, prayer is important. I agree, prayer is important. But do we believe that prayer is essential? Because essential means there are things that are not going to happen unless we pray. And here's what I want you to think of tonight. Of the missionaries that you support in the world. There are things that are not going to happen on those mission fields unless you're praying from Moses Lake right here. Your prayers can impact the ministries of these men and women who are out there serving God. Your prayers, your essential prayers can make a difference in people being saved of the power and hand of God upon them. If we are truly and earnestly praying here, think about Exodus chapter 17. Do you remember Exodus 17? Moses is up on the mountain. Where's Joshua? He's going down into the valley taking his sword with the army of Israel to do battle with the Amalekites. You remember the story. He goes down below. He's fighting in hand-to-hand combat. When Moses raises up his hands, dependence of God, prayer to God, what's happening down below with Joshua? He's having victory. You remember Moses gets tired. He begins to bring down his arms. When his arms come down, when the prayer cease, what happens to Joshua down below? He starts losing the battle. You remember the story, Aaron and Hur come along beside Moses. They lift up his hands, right? Until the victory is secure and won down below. So here's my question. Where was the victory won? Well, you would say, well, Joshua won the victory. He had the sword. They did the battle. I mean, he went down into the valley. The army of Israel won the battle led by Joshua that day. But really, where was the battle won? 
The battle was won up on the hill with Moses, Aaron, and Hur. That's where the battle was won. So you have missionaries that come and that you support. They sense God's call to go down into the valley. That's God's call for their lives. And they do it willingly. They go into the battle to do hand-to-hand combat for the glory of Christ, right? But what's our responsibility? What's our duty? To go up on the hill and pray. And your essential prayers for them are going to make a difference. Wouldn't it be wonderful one day to come into heaven, someone comes up to you and greets you and says, you know what, you've never met me before, but I was from the country of Ukraine. And, uh, and, and, and you'd never met me, but you know what? You sent that tall, ugly missionary. He had a cute wife, but he was kind of a tall, ugly guy. You sent that guy over here. And one day he began to speak to me. And for the first time, something in my heart and mind, I just sensed that I wasn't right with God. And I fell before. I heard that gospel. I, I fell before Christ and I, I received him and Christ saved me. And you know what I learned when I got to heaven? That that was an answer to your prayer. You had been praying for that tall, ugly missionary. And when you were praying, God heard that prayer, that essential prayer. God answered that prayer, and I got saved. Wouldn't it be wonderful for God to give us thousands of those such souls that I've never met this side of heaven, but my prayer influenced them coming to Christ? My friend, prayer makes a difference. And your prayers for your missionaries are not just important. Your prayers for your missionaries are essential. And essential means there are things that are not going to happen unless you pray. Listen, Julie and I covet your prayers. More than your support financially, we need your prayer support. The people of Ukraine need your prayer support. The country of Ukraine right now, the pastors in Ukraine, the believers in Ukraine could use your prayer support and your prayers can make a difference. Will you pray? We covet your prayers and we hope that you will for the glory of Christ because we want his glory to be known both in Ukraine and in Laos and in Central Asia and all around the world. Amen. So let us pray until we come into his very presence. Let us intercede and call out to him for his power, for his grace, for his glory. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.